0: Are you interested in building water features professionally? Whether you have an existing contracting business or are looking for a fun and profitable side hustle, then you found the perfect podcast to follow. I'm Greg Witstock, the pond guy, founder of Aquascape Inc., and this is my podcast. Each 20-minute episode profiles the journey of a successful certified Aquascape contractor whose best practices you can emulate. I love my job, and here's how you can too. All right. Well, we, are, uh, we were the, on the phone with a very excited Mike Wheelie, a longtime certified aquascape contractor out of uh, Graham, North Carolina, the owner of American Aquascapes and Water Gardening. How are you doing, Mike?
1: I'm doing great today. hope you are.
0: <laughs> well, I, uh, I have not talked to you since uh, we were out vlogging uh, your projects. And uh, actually, I'd love uh, – you've been in this business for, what, over 20 years, right?
1: Uh, we are 26 years this year. We are ready to rock and roll, and we revamped over the winter with our garden center and added some more displays after, you know, seeing everybody else's blogs and learned a lot from watching those blogs. So yep. we decided to implement a lot of that and take another leap of faith and step forward and invest more so that we get more.
0: More display water features you're talking about.
1: That's right.
0: Well the number one way for people to buy water features is for them to see them. You've got a pretty uh, impressive uh, location there with a lot. how many total water features do you have on your property?
1: We have three pondlesses. we have three ponds. we've got four fountains and we're in the middle of adding a, another large feature another the, the, we've, our biggest pond right now is, is an eleven by sixteen with a large waterfall. We're going to do a 16 by twenty one. So we're we're going to add a big bigger one to to try to get some of those uh, larger projects.
0: So Mike, for uh, for the listeners that don't know your story down there in North Carolina, how did you become a pond guy? How did you end up here twenty six years later after you started? How did it all begin?
1: All right. Well, uh, I went to uh, well I worked at a local garden center here when I was uh, still in high school uh, for Chester Honeycutt at Edgewood Avenue. It was a real popular more sort of trendy garden center in Burlington, North Carolina. And uh, me and a buddy named Greg Leister uh, decided that we wanted to try do a little small feature. And, I mean, it was small. It was like a four-by-six, maybe only 18 inches deep. We had really no idea what we were doing. It had basically an aquarium filter on it, no skimmer. Uh, but we did know the importance of the aquatic plants. So it was fully loaded with aquatic plants. And so uh we we were doing that I was attending NC State. However, you know, there's no college or or was no college or uh anything that taught anything about aquaculture or water gardens back then. Yeah. Uh, I took quarter, quarter, uh horticulture and turf grass and I got really, really tired and bored uh mowing <laughs> yards and putting out mulch and blowing leaves. I just I, I got to the point where I couldn't stand it. Yep. So we went back went back to that uh, garden center and worked out a deal. Uh, Chester, the owner, didn't really see any future or didn't really want to get his hands wet with the water features. So he let us work off that display. So we redid it after receiving one of your uh, first Aquascape catalogs that came out. you remember those? It was like a multi-page oh, yes. catalog with 20-step process and all that. So we ordered When you got those.
0: that, what what made sense to you when you got that? I mean, this is obviously you know you you get that in the mail and you read that thing. What 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 really lit a fire in you when you see you saw that?
1: Uh, just that you know you already had all the implements that you really needed. We want, we didn't have to go to Lowe's anymore and spend two hours trying to fit pieces and fittings together that never really worked. Uh, they got clogged all the time that you already had a process, you already had product that was already working and in place, and then, of course, that 20-step process. We mm-hmm. really liked the number 20 of getting paid that day.
0: Yep, so yep.
1: We, uh, we, we tackled into that, and at the time, there was a place called Powell Supply. Oh, yes. Davidson was running down an apex, about an hour and some change away. So we made the track down there, and they were really just getting into it, too. So me and David sort of teamed up into giving each other experience and knowledge that we had learned, and we built a display down there and then redid the one at the garden shop. I built one for my mom. And then Uh off of those, every time we built one, we get two or three people that that were interested and decided to to take the plunge and let us build one. Um, and well, let me
0: let me stop you right there, and that's how it works. You get a demo pond in, you get a get, you get a pond in. One becomes two. That's sells another pond, and so on and so forth. And that's what you experience, correct?
1: That is exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Keep going.
1: All right. So then uh, we sort of outgrew uh, being able to still spend time at the garden center because we were constantly all of our weekends were booked up and full. And uh, so we basically ventured out, and we went into business – well, not into business. We offered uh, – a guy that was doing the rainbow play systems at the time, you know, really expensive, yep. nice, rubber play set, uh, came by, really liked the water features, and he asked if we would build him one at his display uh, mm-hmm. center for his play set. So we built one right by the front door in exchange it didn't cost him any money, but we got a free place to park our truck, our two wheelbarrows, our two rakes, our two shovels, and a couple of handles. That's all we had. Yep. And we got the water feature and have a little small desk to be able to sit there and answer phones. And uh, we did that. And then, you know, several people coming in, seeing that, wanted more water features, and that, that allowed us to expand and grow. Then we found us a, we outgrew that location, so we moved to uh, 3331 South Church Street into a little itty-bitty shack, but it was great road frontage, had the only grassy area on Church Street um, (laughs) where you could do anything like what we did, right out front, right beside the movie theater, right across from several prominent restaurants. I mean, while we were building it, we were... We were causing traffic jams on Church Street. People mm-hmm. were just so interested. They were flocking in, pulling in, asking what we were doing, where we got our rocks. Uh, and we had some people just sit there and come every day and, <laughs> and watch us feel
0: that is unusual. Okay. So that, that's this industry. You, got, you put in a display water feature in and people actually are coming out and watching you do your work. What else could you be putting in that they would be doing that? That's, a, that's pretty cool. Okay, so, so take me to today. Take me to your business structure today. Take the listeners. How, how do you operate? You know, how many guys do you have working with you? You have your, your retail shop with your display ponds. Just a little bit more about your current business structure today.
1: Okay, so we outgrew that location within just a few years. Couldn't get in and out of the you know the traffic Mm -hmm. with the trucks and trailers that we were buying and equipment, so we got a a piece that's a little bit more rural. We got less retail, but we had a lot of room to expand. So we built that, and we still at that point we only had three employees. We Mm -hmm. moved out here and we started buying our stuff wholesale, like our mulch and our gravel, and got it. Got our display set up there. We quickly grew in five years. We went from three people to in the heart of the season anywhere from 11 to 15, and then every winter we were able to keep just another guy or two, the cream of the crop, and let the other, you know, guys that didn't really get into it or didn't show up on time or didn't have the passion, we just sort of let them go. We did use some seasonal guys from Elon College to come in and help. Uh, We are still currently at the, I think last year we had about 14 people working for us during the, main season, and we carried 11 people all the wow. way through the season this year because um, we were we we're trying to grow. We're trying to up the ante, add more displays, make it more of a, you know, destination location. We yep. put picnic tables and chairs and patios out there so people from the – that worked around here could come and eat their lunch. Um, you know, so it's just sort of – been a, been a spiral ongoing you know almost like you know stayed so busy 10 years past didn't realize it 20 years passed, and now we're at 25 and it feels like i just started just like five six years ago it's amazing how time flies when you stay busy and you like doing what you do
0: amen uh, amen
1: so so we've grown we've grown this we are now doing uh approximately 30 to 35 features uh, ranging anywhere from a 6 by 8 up to like 21 by 26. With the occasional huge project, we usually get at least one or two of those a year. Uh, we've done a couple of large swim ponds like 60 by 86 foot deep with multiple bogs and waterfalls. And we wouldn't have been able to do that without the help of you, uh, especially Ed Ballou came down and helped us. Uh, Brian Helfitch, yep. uh you know John Adams. A lot of the, a lot of your guys came down and helped. And then we uh, lined up to deal with the Victory Junction gang, and that was really the very first time that I saw how all the other crews could come together and help each other and help further. And that's when we decided to start coming to the uh, Panamodium. Before that, we had just been doing your local tours. With uh, pound house fly became SDI. Yep. We had John Sharp, who we called Sharpie. He was he's a mentor. He really pushed us. He made us see the value of of making sure we uh, charge right. made Made sure that you know we were going to have money at the end of the day, which was incredible. Uh, Ed teaching us the science behind how to do the bog filtration. Coming up to pondemonium, learning the bog. Filtration, learning the rain harvest. Then we did a huge rain harvest uh, thing, had 420 aqua blocks. The hole was about 10 foot deep, and recollection, I think it was like a 20 by 20 hole. Uh, we captured all the rainwater off of a capital bank in Hope Mills and then turned it into this beautiful, beautiful park with a waterfall, water feature, bench seating right by the drive through for the bank, so that got us a ton of business. Um and it it just keeps on spiraling and spiraling uh, i was i was to get it
0: you know what they say about you guys from the south. You talk fast,
1: yeah, we do. <laughs>
0: That's a joke. You do talk fast. You you, you know what? I was going to ask you what you love about your job, but you've kind of just segued into that. Talk a little bit more about your first build there uh, with Aquascape for the Richard Petty uh, Victory Junction. What a victory, you know, what, what you experienced and why, you know, that would be a good illustration of why you love your job, I think.
1: Well, you know, Vic, Victory uh, Junction is a place for terminally ill kids, and one of the <laughs> only uh, places that not only allows the terminally ill Kids to come, but also their families and their siblings, you know, because uh, a lot of times when you have a terminally ill child, the siblings are, feel like they're sort of left out, you know, but this place allowed them in, and, you know, at first I thought Richard Petty was going to be, you know, all like a lot of famous people are, but he was down to earth, soft spoken, had a big heart, we realized it after talking with him. I told him there was no way that I could <laughs> pull off a project of that scale that he wanted to do. So uh, myself and a guy that I had trained, uh, Bruce Barry, he has now moved to Arkansas. But together, him and I uh, called in, you and Ed and the team, to set up a build. And we went through STI uh, to get all this done. And we had 41 volunteer artists. They were ranging from North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, Pennsylvania, and, of course, Illinois. Um, They all came up. We used over 300 tons of stone. We had two industrial pumps delivering over 50,000 gallons of water. Uh, If my memory uh, serves me correct, I think the, the stream starts all the way up at their water tower, which is shaped like a hot air balloon, out by the road. Huge slope, nice slope. I'd say over the 180 feet of uh, stream, it probably fell over four stories. You know, I mean, it mean, <laughs> at least 32 to 35 foot. So that was the first time we had ever built yep. anything where a waterfall was taller than uh, myself or Angie. You know, we could stand there and look at Angie doing gravel and the rocks twice as high as her, and the waterfall twice as high as her. Um, so it was really amazing. And then when we turned it on. And then we we kept in touch with them. Angie really enjoyed going out there and help rocking the kids in the rocking chairs, and I drive their little go kart, taking people on the tours. And then Richard uh, and Angie hit it off with Linda, So then we ended up building uh, Richard his own right beside his big barbe- his big barbecue pit that he has beside his house. <laughs> yep. Got to got to uh, meet more contractors came in with that. We really sat down and thoughts and ideas and what that's, what it's, it that's really what it's all about it really is and I mean, yep. without
0: that i'd be nowhere well and the funniest story that came out of that was uh when richard uh said to ed to follow him in his car and ed had the pedal on the floor and could barely keep up with the guy just driving down the country roads <laughs> between point a that's and point b right,
1: um that's like to kind things.
0: of to kind of wrap us up here for the last few minutes, um, you've been in this business for 26 years. You know, you've got all your display ponds. You talked about that. You're, you're part of the Certified Oxygen Counter Network. Talk to people that are trying to be successful in this business. What, what are some of the mistakes you made or what are the, some of the things that you've done well and learned over the years that would be helpful to somebody trying to succeed with water features?
1: Well, the first mistake I made was thinking that, uh, taking the, the uh, plunge to go up to uh, Pondemonium was too expensive, too far, uh, and uh, that was probably the biggest mistake. I waited probably five years too long to do that.
0: Okay, man. Once I went
1: up there, once once I got up there, I realized the importance and tried uh, to get up there pretty much every year, if not every year, every other year. We did have a conflict with some of the other things that we sold. We'd have to go do their their little shindig, which – it's nothing like yours where, where there's training involved, but we'd have to go up there and do the award ceremonies and stuff. But we eventually decided that it was more important to, to drop that and stick straight to water features. So I would say stop mowing grass. I'd say stop going out for, you know, know your worth. You know, if you're going to send two guys out, they need to at least be coming back in, you know, with $2,000 a day, if not Mm -hmm. 2,500. Don't, don't, Teach yourself out of the money. Know that your your five dollars is the equivalent to somebody in that kind of position is, is to five thousand of theirs. I didn't know myself. Words we used to do projects way too inexpensive, just trying to get the jobs. And you know, we we would. Uh, John Sharpie was the first one tell us we need to go up on our prices. Nobody bought, not a single customer. Then we showed up for another pandemonium. I believe it was. Uh, shenholzer that told us that my oh, god, how are you working that cheap? And yelled at me and screamed at me. And <laughs> I, I sort of did that half lunge, and then uh, only one or two people bulked. And you know, it was people we really shouldn't keep, they were overworking our guys and knew they were getting away with underpay. And then go back, and then shenholzer yell us it again, and you yell us it again. And so we up our prices again, and we basically been going up every year according to the market. And we we stayed steady. So don't don't under evaluate your services or yourself. Go to Pondemonium and go to the local. Uh, sit down and talk with your distributors, whether it be STI or whatever company is in your region, for to get your guys trained. Because it's less babysitting, if you know what I mean. Adult babysitting is a lot is what you do a lot when you're in a business when the guys are not confident with themselves or don't fully understand what they're doing, by taking them and getting them experience, they then come back confident and know that they can get raises as long as they can do and copy the same procedures. So that's the first thing is just keeping your guys trained, knowing your self-value, and working the program. That's it.
0: Well, I've got to tell you that that's, that's really good advice. There's a lot, lot, to, lot to digest there, but I'll, to summarize it up, uh, don't associate your value of a dollar with the customers. So, uh, if it's, uh, you know, I would never buy that for $10,000. Yeah, well, you're not your customer. The person who a dollar to you is uh, a nickel to them. So, don't associate your value of a dollar with your customers when pricing and marketing your stuff. And, uh, and then come to the training, you know, hey, you're going to be a pot of money this year? I know you missed last year.
1: Yes, we will be right. there. I'm bringing Carla and a new guy and possibly one other new guy, depending on how he does between now and then. Yep, uh, yep. You know, we're, we're trying to make him uh, do the certification online before he can go and Good. making him do his own small project, small pond list uh, before he goes, and that's his goal. He's got to be able to do that by himself, finish the CAC program online, and, you know, basically, he's gonna, if he wants to, to make the money, he's going to jump through the hoops, just like right. we did, yep. but it's guaranteed. It's
0: guaranteed. Well, I love that, you, and you absolutely should challenge your people. So we will see you in August at Pondemonium, and uh, Mike, always good talking to you from Graham, North Carolina, down there, American Aquascapes. Hey, keep it going, buddy.
1: Thank you, sir, and make sure everybody practices that 20-step process. That's key.
0: Amen. All right, have a good one. Hey, hope you enjoyed that podcast. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, just go to inc.com slash podcast and tune in every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. Central Time for a brand new podcast. I love my job and I hope you can too.